0: Welcome to the Jellycoat Book Club, where we love to have cozy chats about the books we're reading and celebrate all things bookish. I'm your host, Sophie. Whether you're listening to this on the beach, in your car, or while you cook, I hope every episode feels like a sunshiny getaway for your mind. So get comfy, grab a fun drink, and enjoy. Hello, hello. Okay, this is Sophie Solo. I'm just popping in at the very top of the episode with a really fun, exciting announcement. So, this is the first episode of the year. So, it kind of feels like a brand new season of Jolly Cove. I guess we can call it season two of Jolly Cove. So, I'm so excited to share that going forward, I'm going to be joined by Sarah Grace, also known as SG, and Isabella, also known as Isa. They are two of my besties in the whole world, and they're going to Start joining me once a month for the book club episodes. I'm so excited! It'll be at least once a month. We might sprinkle in some more episodes, but Isa and SG are no strangers to Jolly Cove. They actually did two episodes with me. If you guys listen to the Summer I Turned Pretty episodes that we did together, they were so fun, and I know that you guys love those episodes so much, and we're obsessed. And at like many DMs asking for Isa and SG to be regular co-hosts. So. Here we are. We're making it happen. We're bringing the girly vibes back. So that is what we can look forward to. I'm so excited about it. I just have so much fun talking about books with them. And I just feel like it's such a fun vibe to have the same three girlies every single month um, talking about books. I also would love to do some like author interviews and other fun guests, like special guests come on as well. But for now, we are going to be the core three Jolly Cove girlies. They're going to be my co-hosts once a month for book club and I'm so excited about it. So, I just wanted to pop in, give that little announcement. So, without further ado, here is our very first episode of the year, Jolly Cove Season 2: Divine Rivals with the Girlies. Enjoy. Hello, hello ladies. I'm so excited to have you both here for our first official monthly book club episode. First of the year. I'm so excited. Hi.
1: Hi. Yay! We're so excited to be here.
0: Wait, I feel like we should say our names, or at least you guys say your names, so that they know whose voice is whose. So
1: I'm SG. I'm Isabella. This is my voice. (laughs) Get used to it. (laughs) Get used to it.
0: I love it. I feel like all three of us have very like distinct voices, like you can tell us apart hopefully. Easy to tell between, especially on audio. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's nice for the listeners. Okay. So we are talking about Divine Rivals today by Rebecca Ross. This book has been highly anticipated for a long time. I mean, I know the second book is already out and I'm dying to read it, which we'll get to later. But I had this book on the list and I wanted to do a Jolly Cove episode for it for like months and months and months. And – I mean, you guys know I took a little bit of a hiatus from uploading Cove episodes, but I found the book, like the actual hardcover, like cute European cover when I was in Europe, and it just was assigned to me. I was like, okay, we have to do – we have to just do Divine Rivals. That will be the next book club episode. I'm so excited about it. And I got the really cute cover. I'll post a little pic on the story so you guys can see.
1: I was telling Sophie when I see her cover, that is a book I want to read. The cover, like US cover, kind of gives like – fairies in a forest like I was not (laughs) sure the vibe of this book but seeing her cover I'm like oh I would pick that up and read it in two seconds exactly it's like night and day if we're talking about covers I can finally show y'all my little trick okay please show are you ready I think so so I was I love taking off the book sleeves of or the book jackets on my hardback books and I didn't do it for this book because I used the little like Ears, little fold things to kind of mark my chapter spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went to slip this off. I was like having a conversation and I slipped it off. Look.
0: <gasps> Stunning. That's so cute. Wait, is it okay, the listeners? So cute. It has the little magical typewriter on it. It's gold
1: and it says dear Iris on there. So I wonder if yours has the same thing. So I mean like. That is stunning. That is so beautiful and precious. I'm obsessed.
2: Okay, I'm sold. I need to buy the book.
0: I, I love it. I'm gonna check mine. I haven't. I have yet to take this jacket off. So we're gonna find out together if if mine is cute too. No, there's nothing. <gasps>
1: it no.
0: It's blank on both. What? Sides. That's
1: really okay. Funny. Well, so yours has the better book jacket, but the US has the better. Little hidden gem. That's really cute and special. Isn't that a sweet surprise? It's so cute. I gasped. The scream that I scrumped when I saw this. <laughs> I screamed. I'm okay, you.
0: you. I was take a, picture, take a picture for the stories because they can see what we're talking okay, about.
1: Perfect. I perfect. love that.
0: Oh, but yes, I was saying I – just really procrastinated reading this book for so long because everyone was like raving about it. Like it had very, very high praise. And sometimes when a book is really hyped up like that, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know if it's gonna live up to the hype for me because I already have like really high expectations. Also, it's technically a young adult novel and I don't really like love young adult because I just, I mean, you guys know, we did the Summer I Turn Pretty episodes <laughs> together. <laughs> We live through that trauma.
2: I was reading this thinking about you and thinking about everything you said about young adults and how those books make you feel. And I'm just so excited to hear how this changed that genre for you.
0: Oh, it changed everything for me.
1: I didn't realize this was a young adult book. Like I remember someone mentioning like – and I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be like a teeny bopper book. And I think I sent y'all a text about it. Yep. I said – I wish y'all could see, like, our group chat as we would read certain things. I know. (laughs) I said, I thought this was a teeny bopper book, but I'm crying in the bathtub right now with a bunch of (laughs) crying (laughs) 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 emojis. Yep. Yep,
0: those were the vibes. I don't think anything about this book is young adult apart from that the characters are, like, 18 and 19. But – It was – it did take place, like, way back in the day. And, like, back then, like, 18-year-olds were, like, 30-year-olds, you know? They just were more mature. Things happened faster for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like they were a lot more mature. But it was still kind of believable, like, in this book. They didn't feel like, you know, twenty twenty-four teeny boppers. They were, like, grown grown adult people. Um, But it was so good. Also, I procrastinated because I'm not a huge – fantasy girly. And I was like worried because it was about like all these different gods and the wars and whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to care about that. But I did care about it. And it wasn't super heavy fantasy. It was very like easy to grasp, like light on the fantasy, heavy on the romance, which is what I wanted. So yeah, I loved it. A hundred
2: percent. I feel like it was a good intro to the whole gods, goddesses fantasy because I also haven't read, to be honest, a lot of fantasy. And I felt like it was just enough to where – I kind of want to read more into that genre.
0: Yeah, same.
1: This is a really, really good intro, like you said, into fantasy. This was also really great because it was heavier on romance than spice. And I feel like so many fantasy books these days are like so spicy and almost like loses a lot of the romance. Like the romance is all centered around the spice where this was just like a sweet romance book that like mm – I just want to carry it everywhere with me. It was so
0: swoony, like,
1: oh, and just yes. deep, like a
0: deeper connection of the characters because they're actually getting to know each other and stuff. 100%. Really precious. And I guess that's also what makes it like a young adult because like there wasn't a lot of spice, which I appreciated. So maybe, maybe I'll start reading more young adult. Okay. Before we get more into the book, first let's do our Jolly Drinks Corner. We like to do this every episode. So what are we drinking today, ladies? Somebody kick it off.
2: I'll go first because I'm so boring. I'm literally just <laughs> drinking water
0: because water. I said
2: 2024 me is a hydrated queen, and that's what yeah. we're doing. I'm trying to meet my three of these, and I'm only on number two, and it's 8.25 p.m.
0: Ma'am, I just remembered that triggered me that you're doing 75 hard right now, and we need to talk <gasps> about that later. Okay. I need to know how it's going later.
2: More like soft, but it's, it's happening. It's okay, definitely okay. happening.
0: That's still Love. something to be proud of. I'm excited for Thank you. Thank you. SG, what are we drinking? So I am having a little hot
1: cocoa inspired by Marisol's cocoa that they had at the B&B. You're so cute. Um, it's a little peppermint hot cocoa, and I have lots of marshmallows in there. I was trying to decide between that and tea. And so since I did the hot cocoa, I have it in a little London mug because this book gave me such like London UK
0: vibes. So I thought oh, like this was the perfect the best. blend of the two.
2: She is so thoughtful.
0: She's so on theme for everything. The one thing S.G. is going to be is she's going to be on theme. 100%. (laughs) We'll always be on
2: theme.
0: She's like, come on, ladies. I love it so much. I am drinking a decaf Earl Grey tea with a little bit of cream in it. It's so yummy. I thought it was also on theme because they're just like constantly drinking a million cups of tea in this book. Um, It is. I was going to do English breakfast, but I didn't have any decaf English breakfast, so – Earl Grey is close enough, you know? It's like the cousin to English breakfast. Okay, wait. On this note of tea, I wanted to read the back of my little book cover because there's like a little blurb from another author, but it's so cute because it like encapsulates the vibe of this book so much, and this is literally the only reason I like really was sold on reading this book was because of this little blurb, and it says – rich and romantic if stories had sense, this one would smell like a mug of black tea the ink ribbons of a typewriter and that addictive spice called enemies to lovers why do i have chills
1: i love that mine says that too and i was reading it to wesley and i was like is that not
0: just like the Perfect book. I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed with this whole book. It's the coziest vibe ever, and it just makes me so happy. Like That's exactly what this book feels like. I'm
2: literally on Amazon right now. I am pulling the trigger. I am buying the hardcover. I love. This is not right that I don't have it.
1: I really wish that they could see our coordination for this episode because we're all wearing different colored hoodies.
0: I know. Pink, green, and blue. We look like the puff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. It's fresh. Like. We'll post a pic in the stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We look really cute. We can't forget to take a pic. Okay, wait. What are we currently reading right now? Have you guys read any other books recently that you loved?
2: I've been reading The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. <gasps> I Obsessed. Love it. It's so good. And I'm constantly coming back to it. It's not the first time that I've read it. But yeah. I just love it because it has – such tangible specific examples. I don't know if you guys know your love languages, but yes. mine is receiving gifts is my number one.
0: Oh my gosh. And my
2: number She's So cute. I, know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like everybody has a misunderstanding of that one. Yeah. But then reading the book, it's so interesting to kind of learn why that is, what's important about it, how you yeah perceive love but yeah I just loved how it had it has so many examples and like he gives you ideas of how to implement even the ones that are not your like top two into your love life platonically how it can make your work relationships better just like everything it's and so, so I've good really been enjoying reading that yeah
0: that's such a good like on theme one for you as well being a brand newlywed which we can talk about in our little life update section but <laughs> Issa <laughs> is a married woman she's a whole wife and she's really giving off wifey energy right now and I love it and Thank I love that you are Already like working on the marriage with the five love languages. No, a hundred. So good. I was we like, love, I, smart. I
2: had read that you have to like read together things about relationships and mm-hmm. whatever to constantly like better and learn more. And so, so we discussed sweet. it. We looked up books and things, and then that one was love. Like in every book listing that yeah, yeah. you have to read it. So. We're reading it together, and it's very interesting.
0: That makes me so happy. I love it.
2: Highly recommend.
0: Setting yourselves up for success.
2: We're trying.
0: Okay, SG, what have you read lately? So I read One Day in December,
1: I think is the name of it. (gasps) I am not – I literally have like 30 pages left. I'm so close to the end. Um, But I paused it to read Divine Rivals. But before that, I am reading through the Harry Potter series. Yes. And that has been so special. And I thought about like pausing it until we get to next autumn. But I think I just need to push through. I'm kind of reading it in like book increments. Like I'll read a Harry Potter book, read a non-Harry Potter book, a Harry Potter book, a non-Harry Potter book. So that's
0: nice to split it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after this one, I have the fourth one. So The Goblet of Fire is the next book on docket. But reading those books as an adult has been the most special treat I cry in every. So I cry in fun. a lot of books. I just realized, like, I cry in movies too. But like, books make me very emotional. And so, at the end of every one of these Harry Potter books, like, tell me why I'm like full on sobbing. They're so. I've cute. never read them. I've Lisa. never read them, and
2: you know that during quarantine, that was the first time that I had actually watched the movies. Me too. Mario sat me down, and he was like, "We have to watch them all." So we watched them in two days. But that was the kind of a fail because now they all morphed together. Wait, stop. We did the same thing. Really? So funny. You had never seen them?
1: I had never no, I'd seen the first two or three and we did it. We did a sleepover in the living room. We pulled the mattress in the living room and literally over a, a weekend, we watched them all in a row. That was us. That was us. But
2: now I'm like, I, I need to rewatch them because yes. he'll ask me like, what was your favorite? Or like, do you remember this scene? And I don't, I can't like pinpoint what happened in what movie because they all morphed together because we just sat on the couch and watched one after the other and we finished in two days. So it was a lot. Um,
1: I love that we shared that. That's so sweet and fresh. Yes, it's cute. Do you like Harry Potter, Sophie?
0: So I love Harry Potter. I'm still slowly working my way through. Like every fall, I'll read like at least one or two of the books and then watch the movie as soon as I finish the book. So I have yet to read through the whole series or watch the whole series because I like want to watch – I want to read the book first and then watch it. But I'm just like very slow about it. So we'll see. We'll see. I might finish it this year. Maybe I'll go on like a binge, a Harry
2: Potter binge. You should. Maybe that should be a book club thing. Ooh.
0: I love that. Okay, I just recently finished reading a thriller, which is very off brand for me because I'm not a huge thriller girl. Like, I can do a domestic suspense, like, thriller every once in a while, but nothing too spooky or scary or disturbing. This book was pretty spooky and disturbing. The book is None of This Is True by Lisa Jewell. And I actually – I just got really influenced because so many people that I follow, like book influencers or whatever, were raving about this book, saying it was like life-changing, so good, one of the best thrillers they ever read, five stars. And I was like, okay, my interest has peaked. I want to read this. And maybe we could switch it up on Jolly Cove and read a thriller for the first book of the year. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm so glad that we didn't do that because it is so not the Jolly Cove vibe. Um I did enjoy it. I gave it four stars. Like I really – I could not put it down. I don't know if I could say I I enjoyed it actually. I didn't enjoy it. I loathed it. I was like hate reading it the whole time. I'm like I hate this book. I hate this book. But I could not stop reading it because it was like such a page turner and I needed (laughs) to know what happened. But I was deeply disturbed the whole book. I was grossed out and like freaking out the whole time. But yeah, that is what I recently read. If you're a thriller girl and you haven't read None of This Is True Yet, I think you would love – But I'm glad that we didn't choose it for this month's pick because it would have been dark and depressing. (laughs) And that's no way to start out the new year. No, no, no. No, definitely not. Or the new era of the Jolly Cove. Absolutely not. It would have really been a a downer. But there would have been a lot to talk about. Like it would have been a juicy discussion, but it just like wouldn't have been like fun, you know? I mean, it would be – I don't know. Anyway, moving on. You save that for October. Yes, we could save it – yeah, we could totally do a spooky book for October. I think that would be fun and on theme. Should we do some little quick life updates? Like what have we been up to? Iza has the biggest life update of us all since she got married.
2: Should I kick it off? Please. Okay. We got married. We honeymooned and we moved to a new house,
0: mm-hmm. moved
2: to a new city.
0: Mm-hmm. The life update of all life updates.
2: Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot in the last month, but we're settled in now. Tell them where I'm, you
0: honeymooned.
2: I honeymooned in Sydney and Melbourne, Australia. Wild. And then we did a short stop in. LA because it was our connection and we wanted to go to Disneyland and explore things.
0: That makes me so happy. You get made memes for a lifetime. Truly. I love it. So you, you also moved from Orlando to Miami, which is really sad because me and Esh, <gasps> live in Orlando and we're missing our Issa now. So much. I know.
2: That's the tragic part of it all.
0: Four hours away. Uh-huh.
2: But now we have the Bright Line. True. That's going to keep us connected.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we're going to take the little Brightline train and go visit you in Miami soon.
2: SG said she wanted me to give you guys the tour, and she wants to go to Dior Cafe. I
0: want to go to Dior Cafe. Please. I'll take you to the
2: design Please. district. Please, we need
0: some Miami Girls we'll do it all. Everything. I would love that so much. Jolly Cove takes Miami. Obsessed. Okay, SG, what is your life update? What have you been up to?
1: Honestly, this has been, like, my lowest key week that I've had in a really long time. This is the first time in a really, like, probably months that I have had an extended period and I'm heading into an extended period of time at home. So like just home building, not any like big trips on the horizon, which is just nice. We traveled so much of last year. We did Mm -hmm. New York City. We did Austin we hosted family for Thanksgiving. We traveled home for Christmas. We went to Mexico for Issa's wedding. So it was just an insane couple of months. And I'm really, really thankful to just have some time at home with my Luna and my sweet Wesley
0: and my books and just enjoying life. I love it. Enjoying Florida life for a little bit. I'm kind of in the same boat as you where you guys already know. I've We traveled like a lunatic the past several months. Um, And I think Mexico was the last big trip, right? Yeah. Mexico was the last trip that we went on. It was the trip of a lifetime. We had the time of our lives celebrating Isa. I vlogged the whole experience. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can go watch Isa's wedding vlog. It's honestly one of my favorite vlogs ever because I just had the time of my life so
2: truly a masterpiece (laughs) and I will treasure that video for the rest of my life I was unwell Mario said we watched it together and he said that the part of the wedding where we're like walking down the aisle that you captured he looks at me he goes oh my gosh my stomach hurts I'm like getting nervous
0: That's the cutest thing I've That's ever heard. So that precious. video is so
2: powerful. The part where Josh saves a fish that like jumped out of the water into the sidewalk. It
1: was my obsessed favorite. with him. He's he, he's a star. It was so good. Isa, I really wish you had been there with us on that day in yeah. particular. Because me and Sophie were going through it, and then we're walking on this path, and then all of a sudden, this fish
0: jumps out of the water like Fully flops out. And I'm screaming. I'm vlogging and I'm screaming, Josh, Josh, save this fish. Like he's going to die. And Josh is terrified of fish for some reason. So he comes over and he's like trying to, to touch it but not His touch it. His face And then this old man comes priceless. over and was like trying to help him because he's like, hey, this kid doesn't know what he's doing. The old and man. And the old man comes and starts like kicking it into <laughs> – back to the water
1: <laughs> time stood still let
2: me tell you <laughs> I was cackling watching him like cup his hands like he's trying to grab it and then proceeding to like push it with this <laughs> flip flop I was not I was not okay
0: I was laughing so hard so yes Mexico was such a dream and then ever since we've been home I mean we had Christmas at home and it's just been a really really nice chilled like, we had a really nice, chilled holiday season, and I've been home for a while, which has been so good, just soaking it all in. Basically what as she said, like, I'm just so happy to relax, be at home with my books. I've been in full, um, like, nesting mode, I guess you could say. Like, all I want to do is organize every nook and cranny of my house, so, like, every single spare minute I'm, like, cleaning out my nightstand. I did, like, our, all of our kitchen cabinets got a refresh. I feel like I've really started off the year just, like, really refreshed. It just feels peaceful. Even though you can't see it, it's, like, behind a cabinet – Just knowing that that's in order just (laughs) makes my soul very happy and it's very satisfying. So that's what I've been up to. Spring cleaning has come
1: early this year. Yes. And so spring cleaning, it's New Year's cleaning because I've just been doing the same thing. Like any drawer in my house, you're getting cleaned out. You're getting completely reorganized. If it's not nailed down, it has to go.
0: It's seriously the best feeling ever. Let's officially dive in to this book club chat. I think it's time. We've been recording for quite a while. (laughs) We haven't scratched the surface of the book. Let's just give our overall thoughts on the book. Um, SG, you go first. Um,
1: I am obsessed with this book. I truly like – I just kept annotating and circling things that spoke to me. There were so many incredible like – little quotes, like words to live by that I was like, holy smokes, like I want to keep this and like treasure this and stow it away for like – A time when I need it. Um, I feel like it read like a movie. Totally. Like, I had a hard time putting this book down because I feel like I was there. I feel like her descriptors were so unreal. Like, she gave descriptors of what you heard, what you saw, what you smelled, what you felt. She captivated me with all five senses, and I thought that was, showed her talent as a writer, but also just made it so much more fun to read. Um, I think it's gonna go down. This was like, I know we do rate and reviews at the end, but this is one of the few like five-star reads that I'm like, I would recommend this book to anyone.
0: I'm so happy that you loved it. Um, Yeah, I feel like that her writing was so immersive and like I was like watching it happen, which was just very magical. 100%. That's the
2: word for immersive.
0: Issa, did you love this book?
2: I did. I felt like Rebecca Ross had a really beautiful way of writing the stories because it was both super hopeful, but it was also – extremely Mm -hmm. heartbreaking Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: I enjoyed following Iris and Roman kind of from rivals to becoming something more but I think that what made it so special was the backdrop that she created and how there's like so much chaos and it's dark and horrific but then having that as the backdrop of the romance made it that much more special it felt it really felt enchanting somehow when you look at what like the landscape and the depth of that?
0: I love that you say enchanting because the series is called Letters of Enchantment. I mean there's <gasps> only two books in the series, oh. but it's like five well, Rivals, Letters of Enchantment. I'm like, yes, enchanting is the perfect word. That's
2: that was exactly it. It felt I was like, how does this book feel so sweet and cozy and special? Mm. Be- with such horrific undertones, I felt like it really highlighted the resilience of the human spirit and just, like, how you can find beauty in adversity and things like that. So
1: I enjoyed it 100%. a lot. 100%.
0: That is so beautiful. I love. Did either of y'all read it with the soundtrack? No. No, because I found it was too late. the Spotify, like, playlist that Rebecca Ross made for the book. I found it after I already finished it, and I was so sad. I was like, I would have loved to listen to this while I read. But anyway listen, that
1: listening to it while reading the book was one of the most like heartbreaking experiences in the best way. Like this book left me heartbroken, but like also just like so happy. Like I was just like, I was heartbroken at the end of this book. And I think that the music just only added to it because it put you in like a mind state of like, because it was like a lot of soundtracks from like war
0: movies so I don't know it was a very emotional very emotional I might have to reread this book just so I can have that experience of listening to the playlist along with reading it and also I just want to reread it anyways probably because it was one of my favorite but I cannot wait to reread this book yeah yeah one of the best books like most romantic sweet magical cozy special books I have read in a very <gasps> very long time like it's up there hmm with my top, top, tops, which it surprised me so much because like I said, I wasn't expecting that much like out of a fantasy YA, like that's not typically my my vibe, but I loved. I want to say
1: too, when I say this book was heartbreaking, I think that in order to be heartbroken by a book, the author has to build it up to a point where you are so invested, so truly like enchanted, encapsulated by the book that like when – that grand ending happens it truly leaves you like shattered yes but like i said in a good way so i just want to say it's not heartbreaking as in like i was so like upset it was heartbreaking as in like she put me in that place she put me in her shoes to where when the ending obviously happened i was like i truly (sighs) felt like a piece of me was missing
0: i was not well sobbing yeah um (laughs) Can I just quickly say, like from the very beginning of the story, I was like, "This is you've got mail." Like, hundred percent similarities. The premise basically is that Tom Hanks like knows who he's talking to, and they're they're sending emails back and forth, and he knows the whole time who she is, but she doesn't know who he is, and they're falling in love through letters. I'm like, "This is you've got mail." It's so cute. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. So I loved it. But I do wonder if Rebecca Ross was, like, inspired by that or, like, took that premise from You've Got Mail or if it was just was what it was. Not that that's a bad thing at all. Just, like, I'm curious if she watched that movie and was like, ooh. Okay, moving along to our dream casting of this book. I think we should just stick to Iris and Roman because they really are the two main characters. So if this was going to be made into a movie or a show, who do you want to see playing Iris and Roman? Can I go first real quick? Yes. Yes. Okay. For Iris, I really, really struggled. My cover has pictures of the people, so I, I was picturing them the whole time like because it's like mm. literally full humans on the cover, like animated, but whatever. Anyway, so I was picturing them, so I was like, I can't find a girl that looks like this, but then I thought… Camila Marone.
2: Oh, from Phoebe or from Daisy, um, Jones, in Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah.
0: She was in Daisy Jones and the Six. She dated Leonardo DiCaprio for a really long time. So that's like how I when
2: she turned 25, he broke up with her whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Shut
0: up. That's so funny. But so I was thinking like, who could be Iris? Who could be Iris? Everyone on TikTok was saying it should be Emma Watson. But I'm like, first of all, she's a little bit old second of all oh no oh no i think that's what she has
2: literally what she has
0: <laughs> i did not think like current day
1: emma watson though i'm thinking like harry potter five six emma watson yeah. like let's not like it couldn't be emma watson as she is today in her like 30s like it'd have to be the emma watson of the past yes but i said a young emma watson is who i would cast
0: it honestly is a perfect casting like it really is it really is i just is. thought it was like Everyone cast Emma Watson for everything. So I was trying to come up with something new. And then for Roman, I do have two options. This is my dream, dream, dream casting for Roman. And it could never come true because he's in his, like, 50s or 60s now. But a young Hugh Grant – just Google. I just – you got it? No, I see stick it. Stick with I me. see it. He's just so cute. And he's so British, you know. Um, So I had him. But then more realistically, if we're actually going to cast him – Today, I would say Jonah Howard King, which I honestly – I don't know his – that written name doesn't ring a bell to me either, but he is the guy who plays um, Prince Charming in The Little Mermaid – or Prince Eric, sorry. Yes.
1: Yes. Do you yes. agree? Oh, my gosh. I had not – I'm, like, Googling these people because, like, a fun fact about me I'm terrible with movie stars and yeah. celebrities. Like, you've got to be, like, someone I grew up watching or I have not a clue who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so I googled it, and literally as soon as I saw his face, it's like, of
0: course, like thousand percent, yes, yeah,
1: thousand percent. The
0: black hair, blue eyes. You think he's British as well?
1: I had a young Timothy Chalamet. I mean, I know Timothy Chalamet plays like could play someone young now, but like, yeah, I don't know. Timothy Chalamet just kind of came to mind as someone who I thought could who could capture this
0: character well, one hundred percent.
2: So. I don't want to butcher the names for Iris, I was thinking, I think you pronounce it Sasha Ronan oh Sesha you know Ronan Searsha, yes, yes
0: or sort I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but I know who you're talking about
2: I was yes, it's her, the icon, the legend, incredible actress. I think yeah. that she would be a really good cast for Iris. I also had a backup option. I think it's Phoebe Denver. Um, from Bridgerton. (gasps) Yes, from Bridgerton. I feel Um, like they give similar vibes, and that's why I liked both of them for Iris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for Robin, Jacob Elordi. Ooh. Just like, I don't know. I just felt it. That's who I was picturing in my head the entire time.
1: I'm kind of shook right now because I didn't realize that Saoirse Ronan, whatever, yeah. is who played Joe March in Little Women. Yeah. Yes. And that is like who Me. I pictured. Was right? Like, with her hair color the and every oh crazy gosh. hair and the accent. I, didn't, like, I just I didn't pictured. know her name or anything like that, but I think maybe that's why like Timothy Chalamet and her were like going together in my head. That makes so much sense. Like, Oh, I love that pairing. Yeah, love she always
2: it. does these really intellectual roles. And I just felt 100%. like this girl couldn't be played by anyone, right? No, I you're don't know. so
1: right. I like her a lot.
0: Okay, moving on to our book discussion questions. The first question is, if you were in Iris's shoes, would you be upset with Roman for keeping his identity from you in the letters? How would you feel? Hmm. Somebody kick it off. He is fine as heck.
1: I don't care. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants to.
2: <laughs> I was going to say it's an emotional roller coaster. I feel like at first you'd be I mean I'd be hurt, betrayed. I feel like I'd be embarrassed because I'm like what did I tell this man? Yeah, yeah. And now it's not what I the thought above. it was. <laughs> but I've but then I'd also be like very giddy, excited cuz to find out that this guy that you kind of like has been harboring all these feelings for you mm-hmm. i think that's a very exciting energy so betrayed hurt embarrassed excited giddy
0: yeah all basically of it. exactly how she felt
1: mhm
0: yeah you i you I identified
1: her. with her. Mm-hmm. Um I would not have felt betrayed, hurt, any of those things. <laughs> I would have just been I would be the toxic one. I'd be like, "All right, this is
0: perfect. This all works out for
1: me. I had a crush on you both."
0: Okay, I'm kind of a mix. Like I feel like I would also be like deeply embarrassed at first and just like caught off guard and like be defensive, but then I would mostly just feel like so relieved that I don't have a crush on two people. <laughs> and that yeah. Exactly that he was there in person,
2: and also timing is truly everything. Because if he didn't feel safe enough to reveal his true self until that moment, like until the connection was brewing, I get it. Like it would if he spilled the beans before, I feel like it kind of would have been a little bit awkward, and she would have been like, "We don't like each other. What's going on?" You know. So I think, I think everything worked out the way it needed to work out.
0: Hundred percent. All right. Next question. Do you think that the title Divine Rivals is more relevant to Dacre and Enva or Roman and Iris?
2: I mean, I think right now there's so much mystery behind Dacre and Enva. I I would go, I mean both, but I would go with Roman and Iris just because we have more information. Yeah, I'm sure book two, I'll say the opposite.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I was thinking- I agree. I feel like Yeah, at first it's obviously Roman and Iris. They're the rivals. And then they're like not rivals at all. Like, you know, halfway through the book, it's no longer a thing. So then it's about Dacre and Emba. So it's for both, which makes sense that it's like a, you know, dual meaning. Next question. Do you think what Forrest did at the end of Divine Rivals was right? How did this shape your opinion of Forrest? That's her brother. I was freaking pissed. (laughs) What did you guys think? I was so mad.
1: Oh, yeah, I would rather go with my man's one hundred percent. I would be livid. I would be like, no. Mm-mm. I don't you're done. You're done with me. And then the fact she just kept going with him. I was like, absolutely not. Like I would be going to the city where like Marisol and other girly pop were like, why did you go back home with him? Like I was just not, I was not about that. And like, but as an older sibling, like I get it. Like his one goal was like, I need to get to my sister. I need to save her. I need to make sure she's okay. And like, I have two little sisters who are my entire world. And if I knew that either of them was in any kind of danger and that I could, save them from that, like, I would stop at nothing to get them to safety. So, like, part of me understands, like, why he did what he did, but, like, I don't agree with it. No, totally. And if I were her, I would be, like, upset.
2: I feel like he just felt so different in the prologue than what we read at the end. It sounds like he switched sides to save his life, but it's also, like, very shady I'm just curious to find out how Dacre's powers work because I wasn't expecting him to have healing powers. And so that was like an interesting twist at the end. It also sounded a little bit like maybe Forrest had been stalking her for a while and he kind of like knew her whereabouts and was watching her. Then I thought maybe he watched her get married and he's like had been like big brothering her. I don't know. I have a lot of questions, but it is it is shady and it sounds like he's a completely other person than what we had heard before. But he's also been like a prisoner at war. So I'm thinking there is something weird going on.
1: Also, he definitely fully was like stalking because she talks about that he was watching her in the garden like she watched him kiss him and like all of that stuff. So like he was waiting for the right time to come in. And so in that case it's like why did he
0: leave Roman behind? You know? Like mm. that confused me. I was like Yeah, cuz he knew fully how much You knew. how important he was. I hope that this is yeah. like very much thoroughly explained in the next book. Um yeah, my one question about that was like cuz whenever they went to go get Roman, like they went back for him and then they saw the circle of dirt around and like Iris didn't know what that was or what it meant, but obviously Forrest knew, but he didn't tell her. So Forrest knows that um, Roman was, like, healed by Dacre and, like, taken to the underworld, but she doesn't.
1: I, again, like, I understand why he didn't tell her, though, because I feel like if she knew that he were alive and in the underworld, like, she would want to go find him. Like, she would stop at nothing and, like – since Forrest has been there and seen it, he's like, I don't want my sister going anywhere near that. He knows like the guilt and the, mm-hmm. all the stuff that comes with being saved. Okay. And so I definitely That's so true. get to why he didn't tell her then and there what happened.
0: That's so true. Okay. Can I quickly read the synopsis for Ruthless Vows? I don't know if you guys read it yet, but – Yes. Oh yes, my gosh. It sounds so good. I cannot wait to start this book tonight. (laughs) so excited. (laughs) Downloading it on my Kindle immediately. Two weeks have passed since Iris Winnow returned home, bruised and heartbroken from the front. But the war is far from over. Roman is missing and the city of Oath continues to dwell in a state of disbelief and ignorance. When Iris and Addie are given another chance to report on Dacker's movements, they both take the opportunity and head westward. Sorry, this is way too long. Since walking below in Dacker's realm, Roman cannot remember his past. (gasps) He doesn't even remember anything. But given the reassurance that his memory will return in time, Roman begins to write articles for Dacker, uncertain of his place in the greater scheme of the war. When a strange letter arrives by wardrobe door, Roman is first suspicious, then intrigued. As he strikes up a correspondence with this mysterious pen pal, Roman will soon have to make a decision to stand with Dacker or betray the god who healed him. Basically, it's like the same book but reversed. Like now he doesn't know who she is, but she's like trying to get through to him. It's really… I'm so ready for it.
2: It's going to be so good.
0: 100%. And I'm so happy that it's just a two-book series, like a duology. Oh, So we yeah. don't have to wait yes. for all the resolution. Like, yes. it will all be resolved in this book. Yes. Which is nice. Next question. Iris and Roman eventually got married. Did you see that coming? What were your thoughts on, like, them getting married, the wedding, all of that?
1: I totally knew they were going to get married. You did? 100% knew they were going to get married. Oh, yeah. Could see that from a mile away. Also, like – It's just like like a cutie little – like, of course they would get married in the war. Like, she gave the girlies what the girlies wanted and gave us a cute little wedding. And when she went up to do the whole, like, the little shower and they came out and it was like her little – and her hair. I literally was downstairs before we recorded. I was trying to explain to Wesley this book. Like, I read him the wedding scene and their wedding vows. (laughs) And, like, whenever he realized – He was like, why was his eyes blurring? And then it was like he was crying – It was so beautiful. And this is just like a fun fact. When Wesley and I were getting married, I thought he was like laughing because he kept going during our vows. He'd like, and I was like, is he laughing? And he was literally crying. He was trying so hard not to sob. He was like stuffling his sobs So like I was just like literally taking me back. And my anniversary is in two days, so this just was, like, perfect That's timing. So it was really, really serendipitous the way it all came together. It's really cute. And another fun fact is, like, I've never seen Wesley cry other than, like, in that moment. So, like, mm. that just made it even sweeter. I
0: don't think a more romantic, sweet, tender scene has ever been written uh, than this no. wedding scene and the wedding night. Like, it was just so beautifully written. Knight. Like it was spice, but it wasn't – It was so beautiful. It was nothing that like a teenager couldn't read. Like it was so like tactfully done, but in such yes. a beautiful way. The language she uses is just like so – beautiful.
2: So magical.
0: If I had read this book
1: when I was a teenager, though, it was at such unrealistic expectations. Like, I would be ruined. Ruined. Ruined Ruined by Reading this book as a teenager. (laughs) A hundred
2: percent. It's so tender. And reading those scenes, like, it just feels so cozy, magical. And like you said, I felt like the language that was used just made it feel like it was given that respect and it wasn't, you know, made into something else. I loved it. I did feel 100%. like it, I saw it coming just because of the dire situation around them. I feel like when you watch movies or read books that are kind of war romances, they make these impulsive decisions because, you know, like it's the end of the world. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I saw it coming and it was – it met my expectations. It superseded them. Is that a word, superseded? Yes. Yes,
0: for sure. I don't know that I saw it coming. I wasn't like trying to predict what was going to happen next, but I was a little bit shook when he like all of a sudden was proposing. I was like, oh my gosh, is he for real proposing? Oh my gosh, is she for real saying yes? Like it was so exciting. I love that for them. And also I feel like it was very true to the times. Like people just, you know, got hitched after a couple weeks of knowing each mm-hmm. other, which is kind of normal back then. Moving right along. What did you think of the cliffhanger ending and what are your er, expectations for book two, Ruthless Vows, now that you know how Divine Rivals ended?
2: (gasps) This is an exciting question. What do you think?
0: I think that Forrest is probably going to play – as long as he's a good guy, which I think that he is, even though there's like some shady stuff going on, I think he is a good guy. And I think that he's going to play a really big part in saving Roman since he is like part of the underlings, underworld or whatever. I did hear though that this second book is a little bit heavier on the fantasy elements like with the gods and explaining a lot more of like how that – how it is the way it is and stuff, which I'm not the most excited, but I'm I'm happy to deal with it. I can get through it <laughs> for more Roman and Iris. It'll be worth it.
2: That makes 100% sense because I was thinking about this question and I think we're going to see a lot more of the underworld, specifically Dacre's Underground maze situation going on. And so to hear that you heard that the next book has a lot of those mythical elements, like makes sense. And then I think that Iris is probably going to have to go find Enva so that she can help Roman get out of there. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. We're probably going to learn a lot about and go down there ourselves.
0: I'm excited. Wait, what do we think happened to the typewriters? Because Like, it said, it does say in the synopsis of the next book that he gets a letter. So I'm assuming that maybe her typewriter was left with Addie and Marisol and they, like, saved it and brought it to her or something. But where is his typewriter? And, like, how is he writing back? Unless Dacker took it from wherever it was Hmm. because he wanted him to write the – he's writing articles for Dacker, right? So I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. I also had thought that even though
1: there was magic between – the two typewriters. She also talks about like the magic between the two of them. Like they were destined. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can't wait to tell you all my Taylor Swift song to go with. this. <gasps> I was waiting for that. I was praying and hoping that you were coming
2: to us with song <laughs> recommendations because last time that just took me beyond. And I was like, she set the expectation and I'm, I'm waiting for you to deliver. I'm excited.
0: That was special. And the TikTok that I made of that clip popped off. So we love.
2: We love
1: content. <laughs> love. Love. We love when the algorithm loves us. 100%. 100%. But yeah, I'm wondering if it's that or if it's truly just the magic that holds them together that is what ends up going into yeah the next book. That could be it too. Or I bet you're right. I bet Dacker – went and got his typewriter. And I bet hers – because they had their go bags too. I wonder if hers was in her go bag and they oh, ended up pulling it. Yeah, hopefully. Do you know what I mean? I hope so. To, oh my, I got thrown in the lorry. But no, because like-
0: she got back to her house and she was like, I don't have any way to write. But she just like wrote a letter anyway. And remember when – sorry, this is kind of like off topic. But when she got home, there was a piece of paper on the floor and it was the paper that Roman had – like she left – she saw that it came in, but she thought it was from Carver. Whatever, And then she's like, I'm not going to read it because it's going to be him trying to convince me to stay and like not go to the front line. So she didn't read it. And then she reads it and it says, it's me. It's me, Kit. So he was like trying to tell her like in the note before she even left because he was like desperate for her not to leave. But wow.
1: I, when I first read it, I thought it meant that he was writing to her like he somehow got back to it. And then when I realized it was from before.
0: Yeah. That just
1: absolutely wrecked me. That hurt so deep. I was like, oh no. His name is not Roman in my head. Like
0: his name is fully Kit. Yeah, yeah. I keep calling him Kit in my head too. So I was thinking that it would be fun to do a, a full episode on Ruthless Vows, but I don't know. Since we're only doing one episode, like book club style episode a month, I don't know if we want to devote two full months to just this series. I mean, we definitely all want to read Ruthless Spouse, So maybe we can like do a little segment in the next episode, like talking about it and just like quick feelings and stuff. I don't know. What do you guys think? Or do you want to do like a full Can we just do
2: it? another episode this month? Like, can we just get more content?
0: Do an extra?
2: I would be down. I was going to say,
1: could we just do like a double one? I mean, I'll probably finish it by this. Like, I will finish this
0: next book in like two days. I yeah. think we all will. You guys know that's what I was hoping you would say, but I didn't want to like put that on your plates. Yeah. <laughs> For our first month then. A oh, hundred. yeah A
2: hundred. Okay. We're
0: doing it. Hot
2: off the press. Like, we're ready.
0: Let's do it. I'm literally ordering it right now on Amazon. Okay. Moving right along. The next question is, did you shed any tears while reading this book? If so, when? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first scene that made me cry emotional
1: was when they went to war and he was reading the letters and he saved her and they were like literally – The bomb had gone off. She was trying to get him to safety. And he was like, please check my pocket. Like, please, you have to read. You have to do all this stuff. I was like, not okay. That's when I texted y'all. And I was like, why am I like literally sobbing over this like YA book? Like, not doing well. (sighs) Yeah. The scene in the garden broke me, their wedding scene, yeah, and then the ending. All of those were big tearjerker moments for me.
0: Yeah. No, that was painful when he was like dying and he's like, get my bag. Because like he needed her to know that it was him if he was going to die. I horrible i'm not okay yeah i know i cried several times one of them the the first time i cried was when roman was writing his or carver sorry was writing his story about his sister and how she passed away and like oh rip my heart out that was
2: that's what terrible. i have the book didn't bring me to tears though you guys Uh-oh. are gonna think i have a heart of stone I never cried not once.
1: Issa, you didn't even like weld up with tears.
2: Never. I was moved, don't get me wrong. That's what I listed as my as my part where he talks about how his little sister drowns and that was heartbreaking. Yeah. But I never cried.
1: I knew the foreshadowing whenever it was talking about you're my sole heir when he was talking about getting him engaged off. And so I knew there had to be a death in the family that he had to have had another sibling and he had to have been responsible for it in some way. Mm. So whenever I heard that story, I was like, obviously, like, that was so sad and, like, heartbreaking. But I also was like, oh, like, for me, it was more so a missing puzzle piece than, like, Shock.
0: Yeah, that was sad. Also, I was had a tear fully streamed down my face when um he's basically like hanging on by a thread at like the last part where he where they get bombed. Or, like, gas bombed or whatever it is. And, like, he's literally, like, about to die. Like, his life is hanging on by a thread. But he's still, like, crawling, like, trying to get to her. Because, like, he Ugh. sees that this other person is taking her away. He doesn't know that it's Forrest or whatever. And he's just, like, crawling still. When dacker finds him, he's still crawling trying to get to her. And he's, like, about to die. I can't. And he was, like,
1: why won't his soul give out And the,
0: like,
2: epilogue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sophie is crying right now. I need everyone <laughs> just to know this.
0: Yeah. It was definitely an emotional Brutal. journey and it was like all of like the really sweet happy moments, I was just like preparing myself for the worst because every single time something good happen, it came crashing down like worse than the last time. I was shook that they didn't end up – that they
1: took him away. Like I just knew that they were going to get back together in the end. I did not think that they were going
0: to end <laughs> this book apart. It was not okay. I knew it was a cliffhanger because like the – you know, it's got to be for book two but it was painful nonetheless. It was heartbreaking. Okay, next question. Did you have any laugh out loud moments in this book? Like it wasn't like a super funny, like comedic heavy book, but there were some silly moments. So is there anything funny that stood out to you?
2: I could not think of one thing where I actually like laughed out loud. Like I was like, oh, this is romantic. This is sweet. But I I don't recall laughing at all.
0: No, I didn't either. The snail part made me
1: giggle. About her little snail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cute.
0: It was sweet. It made me smile. Yeah. I don't think I actually like audibly laughed, but one of the cutest, like funniest parts to me was whenever she was trying to read her note from Carver that was like the most like intimate note that he wrote so far. And he's just like throwing notes at her the whole time and trying to distract her and like teasing her. Love. Okay, moving right along. What was the most swoon-worthy moment of this book? I feel like there were so, so many, so it was hard for me to choose, but.
2: I had so many listed too. I think chapter 25 for me was the ultimate swoon-worthy moment. It's when Iris saves roman from the etherals they have this whole like chest to chest like skin to skin steamy tension that was crazy my jaw dropped at how she described that though like the i think they talked about rolling in the grass and (laughs) i don't know it was captivating undeniable (laughs) sexual tension i was just like whoa okay okay this is
0: this is a lot yeah no and everything is so heightened like emotions are so heightened because it's literally uh-huh. life or death like they're gonna die if he is too loud or if they see him. oh my gosh stressful so good though.
1: One of my swindworthy moments was actually one of the scents that she gives us, one of the smells when they talk about his cologne that it was spice and evergreen. Oh, I love that. And to me, just like to give him a scent was just so special. Mm-hmm. And now I want to find a cologne or like a perfume or a scent, a candle that's like, the Roman Carver Kit candle that's a spice and evergreen scented candle. Where can we find that? How cool would that be?
0: Okay, guys, I haven't even told you this yet because it didn't come up, but I lit a evergreen candle. It's right here next to me, so I'm smelling that this whole time. And <gasps> I'm, I'm like, the moment is with me. Obsessed. It's not, it doesn't have spice in it though, but like, you know, the evergreen Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is same vibe. A dream.
1: It's so good. Um, but my other swing Worthy moments were his last letter that he wrote to her, obviously, um, and the way that he used the his word when he was like, "What's another word for sublime?" sublime. And like when she oh. realized it,
0: divine, gorgeous.
1: That just it like kills. took me out, kills. And then. The other one is whenever they started working together and when they were at the desk or at the table and they were talking about making tea together and how they just loved to hear one another type on the typewriters.
0: Oh, I'm giddy. I I loved it. I loved it so much. Absolutely giddy. It was so good. So freaking cute. I love that so much. For my swoon-worthy moment, I feel like the obvious answer that came to me was the wedding and like the wedding night, which is like that whole Mm. wedding day scene was just very like swoony and just so romantic Um, but (laughs) I had another like less obvious answer or more subtle scene um, which was her sitting in his lap in the truck when they're like escaping and they have to like squeeze into this lorry truck to get to the house or wherever they're going. yeah. And she has to sit in his lap. And she just like the way that she described it, she was like stiff as a board. And then like he's like has his arms around her waist and then they relax into it. It's so cute. Like I could just feel it, you know?
2: It gives like middle school energy. I felt like I was like, what <laughs> yeah. is this about this book? That's like the way that she describes a lot of the more romantic interactions are just so nostalgic of your first crush and like fifth grade or whatever, middle school, where you're, like, on the bus and you touch hands and it's just, like, that giddy excitement and it's, like, nothing is happening, but it's, like, so (laughs) huge. That's how –
1: It gives you butterflies. moment in this
2: book, yeah. They're, like, butterfly-inducing and that's what makes it so special and exciting. And I feel like nowadays that – the whole romance and courtship really gets, like, skipped over in – in real life and this generation, you know, a lot of movies nowadays Absolutely. are just like, they get straight to the point. And so I think reading something like this, how it was in, in the olden days,
0: It's <laughs> yep. very sweet. I like it. It was so sweet. It was such a good buildup. But yeah, like all it's the feelings are, are so internal for like most of this book. Like it's all just like internal monologues about how they feel. So mm-hmm. the tension is so there because they haven't like acted on it or told each other. It's so it. good. So good. So good. Okay. Moving right along. What was her favorite scene or did you have a favorite scene from this book? If you can just pick one. My favorite was when they're
1: in the garden after they've come back from Kit's injury. And I don't remember who asked who to the garden, but they got to the garden and Iris has him read the letter that he wrote. and So good. It's like – She's like, I need to know that you two are the same person, so I need mm-hmm. you – I need to hear your voice,
0: read the words he wrote. I was shook beyond. Yeah. It was so good. And he says, I love you in that letter. Like, it's too much.
1: It's so it's good.
0: So it's
2: The best scene. So, so My good. My favorite scene was chapter 27. This is because I'm a runner. I'm a track star girly now.
0: <laughs> you are. You truly but are.
2: I love this chapter because it's like where Iris slowly warms up to Kit as they're like bonding over these morning runs. And there was a quote in there that I highlighted that was – I don't remember who says it, but it's, I think he says it. He's like telling her a story. He goes, the view had been there all along and she failed to see it. Like that encapsulated the whole connection that they have. It was a beautiful moment. And I feel like, yeah, I loved it because it was like symbolic because they're running and I could see they're like on the top of a hill like looking down. But also it was literal. It was just so special and I could relate to
0: it. So that was my favorite. So good. I thought it was so cute how he came to her door the night before and was like, "Do you want to go for a run with me in the morning?" She's Obsessed. like, "What?" Like they didn't they weren't even like friends at that point. It was so cute.
2: Nothing brings you together more than a little fun, <laughs> healthy, wholesome exercise. exercise. <laughs> Obsessed. Love
1: it.
0: <laughs> so cute. Okay, my favorite scene one of my favorite scenes was definitely when they go for a walk. So like they have their kiss and she's like, loved it but like was also kind of mad right after the kiss and then she like gets her ish together and she's like okay I'm being ridiculous like he came all the way here for me like whatever she goes to make it up with him and she like gets him from the infirmary and she's like let's go for a walk and then I think this happens right before the scene that you just said as she like pretty soon yeah, before yeah, yeah but she they go for a walk and she just like answers his, like they're kind of walking in silence because like he still thought that she was mad and she's just like salty because she, like, started answering the questions from one of his letters. Like, do you like sweet or salty? Do you like coffee or tea? Like, I want to know everything about you. So <gasps> yes. she just starts to, like, yes. unveil herself to him. Like, this is who I am. Like, you know, I'm happy for you to, like, get to know me now. Oh, it was so good. freaking cute.
2: It's giving middle school 20 questions. Like, when you get your crush's yeah. number and you're texting back and forth, like, <laughs> let's play 20 questions. That
1: I loved it. So cute. Just the butterflies that
0: came from this book. Oh, so many. Incredible. Okay, it's time for a favorite quote of the book. I have like a huge piece of <laughs> I basically have a how paragraph. Do you pick one. I know. It was too hard. Literally, how do you pick one?
2: I already picked it. I said it already. So you can skip me. Oh yeah, it yeah. It was yeah. the it was the one from the from chapter 27 about the view had been there all along and she failed to see it. I thought that was
1: cute.
0: Short and sweet. I love that. SG, what do you have? Or do you want me to go first?
1: You need to go first because I literally have – of the probably 25 I flagged, (laughs) I've
0: picked four favorites. So I'm seeing if we have any of the same ones. Okay, okay. So my quote isn't necessarily just like a quote. It's kind of like a full paragraph, like a big piece of text. So I'm just going to read the whole thing because I thought the whole thing was really gorgeous. So this is when they haven't – like Roman – basically just got there and they're not like they haven't confessed their feelings. She doesn't know who he is yet. She still thinks he's Roman and Carver is another guy. Um, but Roman is getting like attacked or they just got bombed for like the first time and he's hurt. She doesn't know how hurt he is, but he's like very dazed and he's laying on the ground. And she, But they're still not like romantically together. In real life. Anyway, just in the letters. It says, She had no idea how she was going to get Roman to safety, but in that split second of desperation, she clearly beheld what she wanted. She and Roman would survive this war. They would have the chance to grow old together year by year. They would be friends until both finally acknowledged the truth. And when they – I have full chills. Wait, as she's pointing, she has the same one. (laughs) I love it so much. I have full chills. It's just so beautiful. Okay, I'm not done. I'm like halfway through. (laughs) It says – they would be friends until they both finally acknowledged the truth and they would have everything that other couples had, the arguments and the handholding in the market and the gradual exploration of their bodies and the birthday celebrations and the journeys to new cities and the living as one and sharing a bed and the gradual sense of melting into each other. Their names would be entwined, Roman and Iris, Winnow and Kit, because could you truly have one without the other? And they would write on their typewriters and ruthlessly edit each other's pieces and read books by candlelight at night. She wanted him. No, I'm I unwell. Can't. I'm unwell. <laughs> I have full body chills from my head full to my toes. Oh my gosh! Full body chills. The I full feel body. it in my
1: in my feet. So <laughs> me too. So good. good. As she's crying, I'm crying. <laughs> Butterflies swarming. I'm not
0: okay right Isn't now. Is the I'm most beautiful. This. Who allowed no, this? who allowed her to write that paragraph? Um, it's just the most beautiful it's just, it's depiction of love, like two <laughs> people sharing a life. Like, <laughs> get yourself together. We're <laughs> not well. SG, I know you had that written down as well, but what else? I had that as one of them, so that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: literally trying to figure out what my other one I can share is because I have a million. This one. <sighs> I put like a little le- like the little letter emoji, which is one of my favorite emojis on the keyboard. The I put that next to this one. Can I just read a couple of my
0: favorite? Please. Yes. The more the okay. merrier. I'm enjoying this so much.
1: Okay. This is the letter, the one that he sent her that like reveals his identity, but it's these parts within it. Um, I want to know your hopes and your dreams. I want to know what irritates you and what makes you smile and what makes you laugh and what you long for most in the world, in this world. And I want you to see me. I want you to know me through the smoke and the firelight and kilometers that once dwelled between us. Mm -hmm. It's so So sweet. sweet. This one also... It was the voice of a boy who arrived at her flat on the worst day of her life, who had brought her abandoned coat to her as if he were worried she would catch a cold. The voice of a boy who had followed her to war and thrown paper wads at her face and set a newspaper in her hands with her article on the front page and challenged her to run up a hill to see the view beyond it. I love that. that. I actually
2: had that one highlighted as well in my notes Mm -hmm. because I thought that was so beautiful.
1: Okay, this is the last one that I'll end on. Sometimes strength isn't swords and steels in the fire. Sometimes it's found in quiet, gentle places. The way you hold someone's hand as they grieve, the way you listen to others, the way you show up day after day, even when you are weary or afraid or simply uncertain. That is strength, and I see it in you. <gasps> Y'all.
0: Like for real. That's like words
1: to live by. It's
0: words to live by. I need to read everything that Rebecca Ross has ever written. I actually don't know if she has other books, if this was her first book or not, but I need to read It
2: cannot be her first book.
0: No, no, no. There's there's no No, way, right? It's too perfect. It's too perfect.
1: Oh, gosh. There's this one more that's like really teeny tiny. Tell us. You will miss so much by being so guarded. Be soft yet strong, even in fear and uncertainty. Yes. So good. Like you're joking. Oh, the last I'm sorry, this is actually the last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> She I say say your favorite I'm quote telling and she you, reads the whole novel back I'm, to I love it. I'm writing my dissertation on this book. <laughs> I swear. Even when the world seems to stop threatening to crumble and the hour feels dark as the siren rings, it isn't a crime to feel joy. It's so good. So good. I'm obsessed beyond. It's so beautiful. This is like my favorite book ever, I think. Yeah, no, seriously. Right.
0: I'm trying to think of a better book and I am right now. I'm coming up empty, so Okay. So I did I did write down like as the last question to do the moral of the story, which I don't know. I didn't have a strong answer, so I was thinking maybe we skip it, but I know Isa's gonna have a good answer because she like really can see the depth behind. <laughs> she reads between the lines. Wow, um, I'm flattered. <laughs> truly, it's true though. Um, truly, her insights are deep. Thank you. Yes, but if there was like a message that I took away from this book, I would say love is powerful. <laughs> I feel like that's dumb. love it.
2: No, that's literally it. I put overarching message: how even in the most challenging circumstances, love and companionship can bloom.
0: Ooh, love endures.
2: Love endures. 100. It's literally
0: biblical. That's in the Bible. Love endures all things. I
1: actually – I didn't put down like a specific like quote or anything as like my moral of the story, but – I could find the quote that I'm thinking of, but it talks a lot about taking down your armors with people. And I think to me, it's like when we do open up and become vulnerable, we open up the possibility of friendships and companionships and relationships that maybe we would have been guarded against in the past. And so I think that um, something that stood out to me is just – Embracing vulnerability and embracing taking off your armor in situations where it would be tempting to leave it on and strap it
0: on tighter. That's so good. That's really, really good. I, I love, love
2: that. that. That was a huge one. They mentioned the armor a lot, vulnerability. It was a big theme.
0: Yep. It is officially time that we rate this book and calculate our rating. I feel like this is going to be an easy one. I hope anyway. This is um, bringing
2: me the summer I turned pretty PTSD where we were like <laughs> negative one.
0: <laughs> Zero stars. Zero stars, tomatoes. No, this was a full solid five stars for me. Couldn't be anything less. I enjoyed this book so much. It was so special. Honestly, like we've said, one of the best books we've ever read. So five stars. I gave it four point five.
2: <gasps> Ma'am. Oh, no. I Isa, I mean it's okay, but why? No, no. I, I loved it. I I don't think I've given anything a five out of five yet. And I was like, I feel like I should save okay. the five out of five, or I don't know, just to, like you never know. You'll know. I feel I like understand. I need to, I feel like I need to know.
0: Yeah, no, you'll know yeah, in your yeah, soul yeah. when it's a five star. You just have like a, a specific feeling about it. I understand.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm giving it I'm I'm happy with my four point five. It was a beautiful that's book. Very, it's
0: very that's still very doesn't very take high.
2: anything away from the story.
0: I like that. And then it leaves us room to grow, you know? Like mm-hmm. maybe one day we'll all be aligned on a five star. That'll be a really special day.
2: Yeah. 100 so.
0: percent I wish I could give this book six stars. Because ah! love yeah. it was
1: truly one of my favorite books I've read in a very, very long time. Yay. Um, do you want to know the T- Taylor Swift song? Oh, song oh my gosh. I oh thought. my gosh. Please tell us. We've been waiting. So, my song that I assigned to this book was Invisible String. <gasps> oh my gosh. By Taylor Swift. Could not be
2: more perfect. You are a genius. Because
1: from the beginning, all along, there was an invisible string tying. <laughs> You to me. Tying tie tighter. Kit to widow. Are we
2: cringe or what? I love this. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) makes me happier. Obsessed. Can we make it like an official question that we add to our little questionless yeah. like
0: that's a good the idea taylor
2: swift song
0: 1000 <laughs> percent. we're doing that and it's just sg that's gonna it's her job yeah i love it i love it i that love it perfect. so much it's not
1: always going to be taylor swift sometimes it may be a not taylor swift song but like 99 totally percent of the time it's going yeah, to be try, a taylor swift we song. Try for taylor. trust yeah as thousand be. percent
0: that's gorgeous i just did the official calculation just so we know this is a between the three of us 4.8 stars perfect which is like incredibly high.
1: Incredible. That feels too low for this book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I like that it like we have no Isa. We you need know? your
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We need your reality, like pulling us down. The reality you check. Know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally from our Delulu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this first episode recording with you guys. It was so fun. I mean, it's not our first episode, Yay. but you know what I mean. Um, We are going to do Ruthless Vows next because it only makes sense and we're all just like so excited about it. So Ruthless Vows is coming two Mondays from now, whenever that is. I think it's February 5th. That episode will be out. So we're actually going to have more than one episode this month, which is so exciting. So we're doing that. And then the next episode – After that, the next book pick is going to be The Good Part by Sophie Cousins. It looks so cute. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but it looks really cute. It's got some magical realism. It's a romance. And it just looks like a really fun time. And I've read one other book by Sophie Cousins, and I absolutely loved it. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a fun – it seems like a good, like, Jolly Cove vibe, you know? Yay. Well, thank you guys so much for chit-chatting about Divine Rivals with me. I had the time of my life. I had the time of my life
1: fighting dragons fighting gods with
2: you i thought you were gonna sing <laughs> so
1: i had the time of my life isa do you know me but at all if there's a taylor swift lyric no I, it will come i first. know but
2: i thought you were going in that direction and then i was like that's not the song <laughs> but you put me in my place and i thank you for it
1: i cannot you're not allowed to put that in the final cut by this the way this is
2: literally no she has to she has to this is her singing this <laughs> is gonna launch our singing career oh my
0: gosh well i love you guys and i can't wait to talk to you very love you soon too. about the next book love you
1: love you too and love all of you
0: we love you listeners. the
1: listeners <laughs> little kiss Mwah,
0: <laughs> mwah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> love you mean it